0: Hello and welcome to Charity Chat. This is episode 11. I think last, <laughs> last month we were saying that it was episode 11, but this is episode 11. Today we're going to be talking about crowdfunding. My name is Samuel Davies and I am here with my good friend, colleague and fellow contributor, Victoria Bratherton, aka VB. Hello.
1: Hi Sam. I using my son- Sunday name today. I
0: am anti, yeah. Man, so, yeah. <laughs> Well I had a look at uh, Wikipedia um, to research this because I like Wikipedia and Wikipedia says that crowdfunding, I quote, is the practice of funding a project or venture by raising monetary contributions from a large number of people Um, today often performed via the internet and many of us will uh, know crowdfunding from online um, campaigns, however that is not the history of uh, crowdfunding crowdfunding could be seen, if you go all the way back to the 1730s, crowdfunding has been attributed to actually saving the Bank of England during a difficult time um, where um, people were asking for their money to be turned into gold. And there was a crowdfunding campaign which um, led to the bank um, not having to pay out all that money in gold. Mm -hmm. So that was a success. So it was like a rush on the bank then? It seems to be, yeah, which makes me think of that... uh, is it a wonderful life? You ever seen that movie? It's a wonderful life. It's one of my favourite films. Classic, classic, movie. So if you haven't seen that movie, it's not about crowdfunding, but it's worth watching anyway. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to crowdfunding though. Um, slight aside there, um, but the crowdfunding model is based on three types of they say actors: the project initiator who proposes the idea. Um, or the project to be funded, individuals or groups who support the idea, and a moderating organisation, which is the platform that brings those two parties together. Um, So today we're going to talk about all three of those things very quickly. In 2013, the US raised $5.1 billion through crowdfunding um, worldwide, and they then raised Another sixteen billion in two thousand and fourteen, according to Wikipedia, and uh, an estimated thirty-four billion in two thousand and fifteen, last year. That's that's quite great. Amazing. And this crowdfunding, these these monetary amounts, they don't refer to charity crowdfunding solely. They're crowdfunding across the board, and a lot of businesses use crowdfunding, and I think that's where crowdfunding actually um, originates from. But today. We're looking at how charities embrace crowdfunding and giving some tips to those that want them about what they can do with crowdfunding too.
1: As you said in your, um, in your bit from Wikipedia, Sam, that most crowdfunding is done online these days, um, and there are many, many crowdfunding websites that are set up. Just to give you an idea and examples, there's uh, chuffed.org, which um, is, uh, I believe, it's American run, but it's Available to people in the UK, Australia, Australia, and Europe. Um, GoFundMe is quite a popular one, um, especially in the States. Crowdfunder in the UK. There's also um, Crowdcube. Uh, Doesn't really focus too much on charities. um, That's mainly for businesses and individuals. Um, But in terms of charities, JustGiving Mm. has started up a crowdfunding section on their website, which is really interesting. Um, So, charities can't necessarily set up a crowdfunding page themselves. Um, it's more about individuals setting up um, pages on their behalf to raise cha- money for charity. Um, so there are lots of different avenues that people can take to do it. And it's an interesting to see what types of charities are already crowdfunding. In my research for this show, Sam, I was desperately trying to find an example of a um, a national charity that was using crowdfunding to raise money for it, for its cause. But I actually couldn't find very many i could find plenty of individuals who are raising money for national charities by doing something and um, like for example you know climbing Kilimanjaro and things like that even though that's kind of you know borders on the air uh, just giving and usual fundraising sites some people are using crowdfunding in that way and offering to give them give their sponsors something in return but i don't know how that Works out with gift aid. I guess if somebody is receiving something in bet- in return, even if it's just a a thank you gift, that wouldn't be eligible for gift
0: aid. I guess. I don't think it but, would. Um, no, I think if you're if you're setting a price and um, they're they're paying that price, even if it's a donation to something, then uh, then yeah, you'll uh, you won't be able to gift aid. It because it's a it's a voluntary donation. I think that's that's mm. gift aid is eligible for.
1: But yes. um, if it's not a tangible something, I guess it's you know if they just say you no. Know, give five pounds and you'll be helping a
0: you know a, a very
1: worthy cause and that's obviously that's obviously fine that could be gift aid if people are giving five pounds and the the fundraiser's offering you know a thank you note then obviously that's not a sort of tangible something but if they're offering something a bit more substantial uh, like for example if they say you'll be entered into a prize draw for a bottle of champagne then that wouldn't be gift aid eligible And um, so there are certain things pitfalls to be aware of if people are using crowdfunding sites to fundraise that way for you because it means that we may miss out on gift aid and may not be absolutely the right platform
0: One of the successful charity crowdfunding projects out there that I, I saw was um, by uh, the Bicycle Academy um, They're based down in Somerset, uh, southern England for our international listeners and they raised £41,690 in six days which is amazing Wow And what they did for their uh, crowdfunding uh, project was the Bicycle Academy um, basically, the crowdfunding was to raise funds so that they could go around the UK and teach uh, novices um, to learn how to build frames uh, for bicycles. And uh, the charity aspect of this was that um, they wanted to offer the courses to novices to build frames that would then be sent to Africa. Um, to offer people in poor areas access to transport. So it became a charity uh, fundraising thing. So they they were doing some really good work there. They'd got 180 backers who then supported them to raise this £41,690, which is actually quite incredible. And I think from what I've seen, quite rare for charities to have raised so much in such a short time with so few backers. And the rewards that you mentioned, which is kind of part of crowdfunding usually, the backers in some cases actually got to take part in the course. They learnt to build their own bicycle frames, which is quite cool. So as well as supporting it, so you know, send all these bicycle frames out to um beneficiaries in Africa, they also learnt the skills of, of building them themselves, which is quite a nice kind of poetic, you know, um return I suppose for that that investment. Sounds that really
1: nice. that's brilliant. Yeah, that's a really nice project. Um, I was having a look on um, Crowdfunder to see because they've got three thousand one hundred and twenty-two charities and um, currently have active pages on Crowdfunder. So that's you know th- th- just over three thousand um, crowdfunding pages that are sort of set up as a charitable act. Um, and currently the most successful charity crowdfunding page and crowdfunder was um, called from a group called Calderdale Rising um, and this was a project that was set up to help 103 of the thousand businesses who were flooded in the Calder Valley on Boxing Day um, mm. in 2015 so in 28 days they had 710 backers um, and that had raised just over £2,000 over their £150,000 target so altogether they raised £152,402 for each pledge donation, they offered an incentive. So from something as simple as a bag of sweets from a traditional sweet shop in Hebden Bridge, that was in turn for a pledge of £5. To the top um, top offering, which was a two-hour drive in a 1972 Jaguar E-Type in return for a pledge of £125. So you can see there that you know lots of different... Um, companies and business, small businesses from around the region put in, you know, offers of what they would give in return for pledges um, of those donations, and they capped some of the donations. So, for example, there was only eight chances for people to pledge £125 pounds and get a, a drive in the Jaguar E-type, um, but there was sort of, you know, any any number of bags of sweets that they would give up, out for, from the shop in Hebdo Bridge. So, really nice show of community spirit and community support um, for, for businesses to keep the businesses going and to help them recover from their floods, um, but also those that, those community members coming back and offering offering support to the pledges as well and sort of getting them into their business. So it was a really nice sort of show of, you know, a win-win situation, both for the businesses and for the local people around them. So um, I thought that was an interesting, interesting one to, to highlight. In addition to that, um, as I said earlier, just giving uh, now providing a crowdfunding section on their website, which enables individuals or community groups to crowdfund for charitable purposes. Um, and a couple of examples that they highlight are the, um, the Help Heart campaign. Um, they launched a crowdfunding page to raise £1,500 for public access defibrillator in the village of Inkbarrow in Worcestershire. Um, and another woman set up a page to raise £400 to provide mosquito nets for a school in Uganda. So you can see the huge variety of people that are doing things close to home and and abroad as well um that are just taking it upon themselves to to raise money for courses that they find are really important and perhaps are you know don't receive as much um pub- you know publicity as so that, that big charities can afford to give so they are uh, crowdfunding charity pages really do seem to focus on the much smaller level whether that's community in the UK or a community in Africa or community in, in India um, they focus on the, the much smaller scale things that are actually overall seem to be more achievable as well in terms of the fundraising you know you've got £1,500 of 400 You know, and it takes small numbers of people chipping in little bits here and there to, to really make the difference and to, to help
0: people achieve their crowdfunding goals and that's quite a nice thing about crowdfunding isn't it I think it's quite new with um the charity sector in in that you kinda of, you make your donation, you support this project, and then you get an update as to how that's gone. I mean, you know, when here in the UK I suppose you you may have it differently in other countries, but uh, we're slowly, fairly slowly, a lot of charities are fairly slowly moving to that point where they can say this donation is going to this specific project because it's quite hard for charities to uh, to fundraise in that way all the time because um, they've got other costs and um, and sometimes the money comes in at different times of the year where it might not have necessarily go against a particular project, but it goes towards the general work. But the uh, crowdfunding model really lends itself better. And the most successful crowdfunding is very specific projects, very specific asks. And so for those, uh, spot, those donors who want to know exactly where their money is going... Um, in a lot of cases, crowdfunding uh, kind of works pretty well to, uh, to suit those uh, demands. So these are my, these are my um, cool tips, and uh, I found these in a couple of Guardian articles. Um, the first one, uh, the article, and all of these articles and all of our references will be on our website as usual. Uh, just drop that in, charitychat.org.uk. Um, so this article, Guardian, uh, was launching a crowdfunding campaign. Ask yourself these five questions. Uh, question one, is your project clearly defined? And what it means by that is that uh, donors are looking for tangible projects. So as we just mentioned, um, donors want to know where their money is going and actually what will their investment achieve. And the idea is that, you know, in an ideal scenario, uh, you say your money is going to do this thing, you hit your target, the monies um, go into the project, and then they get an incentive back from that project or relating to that project, as well as updates. The second thing is, does it have mass market appeal? I mean, some of the examples we've used, you know, you're know, you not talking about thousands of donors, but in order to get a couple of hundred donors, you might have to go out to quite a few thousand don- uh, potential donors. So, um, so that's worth bearing in mind if it's very niche if it's very difficult message you know um you're seeking funding for some very um niche thing which isn't very easy to understand or communicate then reconsider or find a way of communicating it really clearly to as many people as you can i think the uh, the takeaway from this is that volume volume of donors is the answer Um, because not everybody's uh, up for crowdfunding. Third point is, do you have the ongoing resources to deal with crowdfunding? And here they're talking about social media because that really is the kind of the main channel to communicate crowdfunding messages to your donors, um, asking them to to support the project. And, um, And obviously with social media, you need somebody looking at social media, monitoring it. If you're putting out, they suggest putting out a hashtag for your project, and then every time somebody's putting out that hashtag, retweeting it, then you need to be engaging with them. Um, so you need somebody Absolutely. on social media. Sorry,
1: yeah. I was just going to say, I think that's
0: a really important point
1: to make: is that pushing it to you know to your, your your audiences is really really important because you know a lot of people, for for most people in in the you know in the public, crowdfunding isn't something that's really on their radar. You know, you wouldn't just visit a site and. Think, hmm what shall i what shall I fund today um you do need you can't rely on people just stumbling across the you know your crowdfunding page and giving you money you need to really target the people that you know are most likely to support your project and support your you know crowdfunding um and ensure that they know what's happening and that they know a what they'll be supporting and what and b what they may be able to get in return if anything um if it's anything more than just goodwill and a good feeling of doing something nice for charity.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's making kind of as tantalizing an offering as you can, you know, so, Hey, VB, I've got this great project. That's one way of tantalizing you. Another is saying, plus, <laughs> if you give me this donation, you're going to get this thing. And this is awesome too. So then, you know, it's kind of a two prong way of getting that person to support your project. Yeah. And, and also, the kind of, funny enough, kind of, I suppose it links on. Kind of, another one of the things here, kind of point four, they talk about, and I hadn't really thought of this, which is kind of bad of me, um, but consider, before you go into crowdfunding, consider the before, during, and after in terms of how you're going to engage with people because mm-hmm. if I'm asking you, VB, to give me you know, £10 for my project and then you do that... What am I, I then send you your, you know, the the thing we talked about, the incentive for giving and, uh, or your kind of, you know, your thank you gift. And then, you know, what do I do? I need to keep in touch with you. I need to keep you updated about the project. I need to kind of, you know, keep you updated about any other potential projects that I might need another 10 pounds for, for you, Uh from you for, and, um, and so it's kind of, you know, cultivation is the word really. It's how you then cultivate the people that have, Supported your projects because that's what we should all be doing as charity workers. Of course, is you know thanking our uh, our supporters on a regular basis and making sure they're aware of what their support is actually helping to achieve. So there's that can be a long journey, really.
1: Definitely, and that's that's yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, Sam. Because without that further engagement of saying of proving that you know you've done what you said you would do with the money that I gave you. By proving that, that makes me much more likely to give you a gift in the future because I know that it's going to be money well spent, and it's not just going to be, you know, it's just not going to disappear, and I'll never hear what happened with it again. Um, So, keeping your donors involved and informed of what, how their donations are helping, is is key. And I mean, like that sort of, we could go into direct marketing. With that, but it was for crowdfunding, I think that's a really great way to get new people involved as well. Maybe people that had never thought of giving to a charity before, but you know, kind of want a little incentive, and like you say, you send them a thank you gift. Um, but if you continue to keep them updated with the, you know, the project that they have funded, how it's going, the people that they've helped to support through through it, then then um, they're much more likely to support you again in the future.
0: One of the things they said, this is kind of point five here in this Guardian article, um. They, and this is quite a good quote funders like to back a winning horse and seeing a crowdfunding page with no funds raised isn't going to raise confidence no one wants to be in a club of one do they so people are kind of looking at you know being inspired by others and one of the most inspiring things is to be asked to give money to a crowdfunding page you go onto that crowdfunding page and you're not going to be alone in, in supporting it there are other people that have already put their donations on there and I suppose we know about this through, you know, just giving and virgin money giving, kind of raising sponsorship. And one of the tips there is to um, get kind of your nearest and dearest to make decent donations on your page first before you send it out to, you know, people you maybe don't know as well, because that'll encourage them. Consider a soft launch. So I suppose that for the charity is going out to the people you are most likely to give um, kind of support for the crowdfunding project and then going wider with social media, you know, once you've got some money. And they use an example here of a, a, I think it's a, um, it's not a charity, but they're called Not My Style. Um, it's a consumer-facing ethical fashion app. Um, you know, if you, listeners, if you saw me, you'd realise I don't use those kind of apps. It's just Not My <laughs> Style. <laughs> um, but, uh, which is why I'm on radio, not on television. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, but they uh, apparently here the founders reached out to friends, family and colleagues before going live and by the time they went live they'd raised £6,000 of their £20,000 target so again that kind of encouraged then others to join rather than uh, you know pioneering in making their first mm-hmm. donations that's pretty sound advice I think. very sound advice and then the other thing was that this other article um, crowdfunding essential advice for charities it was actually written by Jess Ratty, who at the time I'm not sure if she still is, was the brand communications manager at Crowdfunder, which is one of the crowdfunding platforms. And one of the points that she mentioned in there um, was that uh, this could be an opportunity for charities to engage with local uh, business communities as well, because in the with the example you gave, Phoebe, um, the kind of the things on offer in terms of the incentives were things from that community. And if you're a charity that operates in um, local communities or if the crowdfunding projects for a local community thing, then potentially local businesses, as well as maybe uh, giving financial backing to the crowdfunding projects, might be able to put up some, um, some incentive prizes as well for those making the mm. donations.
1: I've got one more. It's kind of an example of a, um, a crowdfunding page. It's from which um, and this particular guy is based in Australia. But it's quite a quirky... Um, quite a quirky page. So um, this chap called Aaron, um, so he decided over the period of the caretaker period, so when the the Australian government enters a magical twilight time, um, basically when they they dissolve um, over the summer, um, they have this caretaker period and he his challenge is that he's going to wear a different ugly tie every day of caretaker period until the Australian election on the 2nd of July. So obviously that's been and gone. So this page is a little bit old now, um, but relatively recent. And so for every donation that he receives, so $50, if you donate $50, he will mail you your choice of caretaker ties, unless someone else has already claimed it, along with a signed photo of me wearing it. it does not include both ties. He's been very specific about the ties. Uh, if you donate to, $10, he'll write a taiku. ku He says, when I'm not wearing horrible ties, I'm writing poetry. I'll write you a haiku on the topic of your choice um and there's there's lots of other quirky things like that but basically he's doing it all to raise money for um for again the charity against malaria foundation so obviously it's very close to his heart but i just thought it was quite a quirky example he didn't quite reach his his target of ten thousand dollars but he got nearly three thousand dollars which i think considering that all he's doing is wearing a different ugly tie every day is pretty impressive
0: (laughs) You see, this is a good opportunity, I might do this with Hawaiian shirts, because I love Hawaiian shirts and Anya hates them, so maybe I, that could be my kind of way of wearing Hawaiian shirts at work, you know, as a way. it's a good idea. I think that's a great idea, Sam,
1: You've got, you'll have got you be doing good by wearing your ugly Hawaiian shirts.
0: Yeah. Bring and back and you can't say anything. Exactly, <laughs> bring back into fashion. So well done, was it Aaron? Aaron, guy. yeah. So well done, Aaron, that's a great idea, and... Uh, it sounds like you did, did a great job there. One of the tips I've seen on a few sites is to um, get a video. So quite a few crowdfunding pages um, that I've had a look at on various uh, different crowdfunding sites do have videos. And I think that's something to bear in mind as well. I suppose fundamentally though, the, like with most um, fundraising, uh, the idea is to get the message as clearly um, to the right audience as you can. So if that works in terms of a video, quickly explaining something, something that's going to engage. A social media campaign generally likes videos. We talked about that in our social media podcast. Check that one out. Um, and, uh, and so yeah, we're kind of combining the two, crowdfunding page with a video. And I know that some platforms will let you do that. So you can maybe quickly explain what you're looking for funding for, introduce the beneficiaries, and then that'll hopefully help if you decide to go down that route to raise some funds through crowdfunding.
1: Crowdfunding, is, I think that certainly for charities and in the UK still in its fairly early days. I mean, we said you know it goes back years and years, but um, sort of as an online platform, it's growing and evolving. And I think at the moment it's something that the larger charities um, perhaps will you know are are leaving to individual fundraisers to fundraise on their behalf using that method which is which is great um because as we said it's very difficult to get a, a, a message across that will you know encourage people to give when most larger charities at the level that people are giving to crowdfunding pages they would want that money to be unrestricted to a certain project so um i think it is Mostly in the realm of small community charities or charitable organisations or not-for-profits um, that can have the most impact for, rather than the large ones. But it's um, but it's a really interesting one, and want, definitely one to watch for the future.
0: Well, if you, the listener, have got any crowdfunding sites that you like, um, send them to us charitychat.org.uk, or you can go to our Facebook page, Charity Chat Podcast. So, VB, what are we going to be talking about next month? Well, next month is going to be quite a biggie and probably one that's um,
1: quite interesting for a lot of people. So we're going to talk about fundraising marketing. So whether you're, you know, marketing challenge events or you're using marketing to promote more donations to your charity, um, we're going to be talking about the different methods that charities use to market their fundraising efforts um, and how effective they are.
0: It's been uh, great talking to you as always, VB. Looking forward to that this podcast. Be good and sure, long time. good stuff and uh, thank you all for listening and as always we'd like to thank our sponsors uh, red dog music for sponsoring our podcast kit forest of fools who've been playing throughout the show and will be playing us out shortly and our yard photography for the lovely images that they've taken for us and put on our website charitychat.org.uk please do get in touch we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening and to speak to you next month cheerio bye